there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, let's get it going. Thanks for hanging out with us here on VSIN and DraftKings Network as the Sunday pregame power-up rolls on. No better way to get set for a full slate of NFL action. Three shows, five hours every Sunday morning, all season long, and we are ready to go here on the Lombardi Line. Christmas Eve edition alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. It's week 16, which is absolutely surreal to say that we are at Christmas Eve and already at this point in the season. Season, Michael. Good morning. Good morning to you, Stormy. Wow. Yeah, Christmas Eve. We almost had a Christmas miracle in Los Angeles last <laughs> night by the Chargers. Oh, my gosh. All those pencils could have gotten erased, right? The bills were so close. That was classic example of a dangerous win by the Buffalo Bills last night. But nonetheless, they fly back to Buffalo, and they're still on course. Michael, how often have we said that this season? You cannot pencil in any wins anymore in this league. The NFL is so weird. And I know you were on the Steelers yesterday, but it's like we all should have known better. You do not bet against a guy named Rudolph on the weekend of Christmas. You just don't do it. (laughs) Never thought about that. That's right. Yes, I mean, he he should have put a little, like, red thing on his nose. I mean, you're exactly (laughs) right. Like, how could we? I didn't even think about that. I was betting on Tomlin to to marshal the troops and – One thing I think that's been clear all year about the Cincinnati Bengal team is their defense is not good. They haven't been good all year, even though they've been on this win streak with Jake Browning, who was a wonderful story. They've given up a zillion yards, and, you know, Minnesota had ample opportunity to beat them last week. They couldn't cash it in. Pittsburgh, I mean, look, you know, one of the things about you're dealing with a very temperamental player, but, you know, when Pickens makes those plays that he makes – and he takes it to the house, and the safety doesn't tackle anybody, give him credit. I mean, it was remarkable. The kid came out and played, and uh, it was uh, it, he kind of backed up his frustrations. Yeah. yeah, after all the talk this week, he's the world's worst human being. He was Scrooge, doesn't block for his teammates. He goes out and has a performance like well, that. Well, that's all true. That's <laughs> all true. I mean, he didn't block for his team. I mean, it's all true, right? Not wrong, but 
ends up having a monster performance, four catches on six targets, a career high 195 yards. Obviously, the two long touchdown plays, uh, 86 and 66 yards, 112 of his receiving yards, by the way, coming after catch, a huge yak day. Uh, so our guy, our guy Mason Rudolph was cashing in from that standpoint. But for the Steelers as a whole, you mentioned the Mike Tomlin of it all. For the Steelers to show up in that way and have this type of an offensive performance coming off the three-game losing streak, Michael, if they can keep this up just a little bit, I'm going to hit my season win total. We need one more. One more. You know, one more is all you need. You got two weeks to get one more. Can and we do I it? think you can. I mean, look, one of the things you're sitting there, I'm sure everybody was watching the game last night, was saying, why didn't they play Rudolph earlier? Like, what was their love affair with MVP Mitch? Like, why were they playing him? You know, because one thing Rudolph had done, remember the game in San Francisco where he played and, you know, he wasn't good, but he connected on a deep ball to Johnson. I mean, he made some plays in the game. He's he's not a rhythm thrower, but he does throw the deep ball pretty well. And last night we saw that. I mean, that third down throw, I was going crazy because they were mismanaging the end of the set first half really badly. They didn't run the ball. They didn't get the clock in their favor. And Pickens makes that catch over there on their sideline. That was just sensational. And it got them three points to go into halftime. So... You know, I mean, look, credit Pittsburgh. I mean, one thing you know about Tomlin and his team, they're not going to back down. They're going to keep rising to the challenge. And if you are doubting them as a dog at home, just brace yourself, right? And so they end up winning straight up as a three-point underdog, led 24-0 at halftime. It's the first time they've cracked 30 points all year, 34-11, your final, um, their most points since week 11 of 2021. This is an offense that has struggled a lot, but they got it moving. And most importantly, they win the turnover battle. So they have turnover free football and they forced Jake Browning into three interceptions. You said he's been a great story, but because they throw the ball as much as they do, got himself into some trouble yesterday. Yeah, he really did. You know, and, and look, I thought their protection held up better than I anticipated. I really did. You know, Watt was still a force and Highsmith. They made their moments. But, look, here's the problem with Cincinnati. They don't run the ball. There is no run game. And the run game is screens. They they are really a good screen team. But the problem is they've run so many screens the last three weeks. Everybody is playing their screens now. So they've kind of taken that away. They have no power in their offense. And so everything puts itself on the quarterback's shoulders. And the more he has to operate, the more he has to play in that situation – the less effective he becomes. And, you know, this is a more of a design problem than a production problem when you look at the Bengals. They've got to figure out a way this next offseason. we got to have more balance in the attack. They just can't have, you know, 16 rushes for 60 yards and do all that. They've got to be able to throw it and run it. <coughs> Excuse me, you. Stormy. No, honestly, Michael, that makes me feel better that you sneezed. I had a sneeze attack this morning. I was trying to prep on my computer. I sneezed about 10 times in a row. My poor husband, because it's pretty early here on the on the West Coast. You know, my husband at five o'clock this morning is just like stormy enough. So I'm with you. It's just this time of year. Well, very compassionate by him on Christmas. I know what a guy. What a guy. guy. Well, it's his birthday week as well. So he thinks that he can do no wrong. It's neither here nor there. Hopefully the Panthers win for him today. Maybe the Panthers will win and cover. How about that line? That line went from six. Six down to four. I mean, the people are betting the Panthers. Can we make a case for Carolina today? I think we could. I really do. I really do. Well, well, somebody asked me. In, go ahead. I, I wouldn't have taken Green Bay and Survivor. I saw Bill Eighty put it out in his email this morning. I mean, there's a lot riding on the Bears and the Broncos today. Two people have the Bears. Everybody else, one guy has the Packers. 
Jack Jags. I think it is Jack Jags. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Anyway. One entry on the on the Packers. One already got through with the Rams over the Saints on Thursday night. Six on the Broncos. I know that was one that when we were kind of previewing this week earlier on um, in, in the week, Broncos was kind of the one that we had the feeling that folks were going to go to and the Bears two entries on them. Imagine putting your your survivor future in the hands of Justin Fields. That would give me a little pause. But before we move to a lot of pause, before we move too far, too far ahead, looking to the games coming up today and this weekend, I still want to make sure that we touch on what happened yesterday against the Bills as well. You said it. They escape 24-22 against the Chargers, get that last-second field goal from Tyler Bass, win but not even close to covering what was a near-two-touchdown spread in this one. And I didn't think it was possible after the historically abysmal performance we saw from the Chargers last week against a not-great team in the Raiders that this would be the way things go, but turnovers end up biting the Bills in the butt yet again, but they come out on top and escape. Classic example. I wrote it on Tuesday for the visa.com. You know, every win gets broken into three categories. And this truly was, this truly was a dangerous mm. win because you're, you're minus three in the turnover takeaway column, you know, and they had opportunities when, when cook fumbled, they, you know, give their defense Buffalo's defense credit. They created two negative plays and made it a long field goal. They put the, they put the ball in the end zone on that play. All of a sudden, it's a problem. Stick just didn't have enough to get it going to make those plays. So it, it was a dangerous win. I think we see that, you know, if they don't play their best, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they can be beaten by anybody, including the Chargers. It's also an indictment of Staley. I think if you read, there's a column on, on ESPN.com this week that goes in depth into the Staley situation there at, at the Chargers. And, you know, it wasn't really, it's kind of what we felt like all along, that there was a lot of disconnect within that locker room. Clearly, when you give up 63 points, that was going to happen. So it looks like at least they're a better team now. I'm not saying it's going to be moving forward, but at least they were able to operate an offense and, and they had an opportunity to win that game. There's no question. It's funny, too, because we talk so often about that, okay, after a coach or someone gets fired, that little bump that you get. The Chargers weren't a team that I really felt particularly confident were going to get yeah. that bump after they were just played into the ground the way that they were. So credit to them for playing a close game. Dicker, the kicker, was phenomenal, has a career-high five field goals made, 16 of their 22 points comes on his leg. I don't know if you saw the video, Michael. I, I hope that I you did. did. Is that not... I did, I saw. If anyone that has not crap. seen Cameron Dicker's like tr campaign to make the Pro Bowl on social media, you have to go check it out. It's phenomenal. But I love that after... On a week that that video came out that that was his performance unfortunately didn't come in a win for them but for this buffalo bills team three three wins in a row now they after being six and six going into that week 12 by and their percentage to make the playoffs sitting just around 21 percent now that number is up to 76 percent and in good position to to make a little bit of a run here if they can get themselves out of those turnovers exactly i mean look you know they have they had, they had the problem when they played Denver, four turnovers, lost that game. You know, they have three turnovers last night and, and almost lose this game and, frankly, was very close to losing the oh. game. But, you know, the thing, going back to Dicker for just a second, I'm so used to the Chargers having bad field goal kickers. <laughs> I didn't realize he's only missed two kicks yeah. all year. Like, I had no idea, you know, that he did that. But, look, I, I think this is a little bit of – Buffalo was due for a slump. It was interesting, Stormy. This line opened at 9.5. It went to 13.5. Then it came back down. This line was all over the place 
But everybody I talked to, the professionals, were all over the Chargers. I, I didn't have the appetite to go for the Chargers. This is one of the bad things I, I can't quite get my head in around in betting is to be able – I'm so linear in terms of this team's better than that team. Like, I can't really play the point spread as much into it in terms of when it gets to double digits like that. But everybody was on – there were a lot of pros on the, on the Chargers in this game. It was a very popular pick – in the in the pro betting community and that's why they're able to do it for a living i i, I think that it's betting is the beautiful thing about betting is that we don't have to bet on everything if we don't want to so if you're not that's why you have your hollow notes play of the week every week because we don't have to go for that every now and then yeah. um although i i i it was funny today i looked at at, at bill posted the circuit millions the, the how many the the most popular right. the least popular game is Washington. Nobody's playing Washington the Jets. It's everybody's Hall and Oates play today. Because it's two terrible teams and you don't know what you're yeah. going to get. Okay, the Commanders have a god-awful secondary, but is Trevor Simeon going to take advantage of that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's a conversation. Are you going to watch that? God, no, Michael. I'm going to watch the highlight reel, probably, or the low light reel, should I say. Um, we'll get into that game a little bit later, but when we come back, let's flip the page to today. Trevor Lawrence has never missed a start in his NFL career, and it looks like that trend is going to continue We'll be right back with more injury updates for you. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter? Then VSEN's got the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today. You'll get VSEN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st, just 79 bucks. Sign up, you'll get unlimited access to our daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for the college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out. This is a limited time holiday offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe is where you can do it. Sign up for our holiday special now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Michael, you will you will really appreciate this. Our, our guy, Will Hill, great friend of the show. We have him on regularly during the week. 
He just texted me because he's got the show on at his house. My daughter just said, I thought they were supposed to be talking about sports. They're talking about sneezing. So we're, you know, we're really <laughs> crushing it this morning. Got, yeah, well, we got to intertwine a lot of things. I mean, look, it's, you know, Santa's getting ready up at the North Pole. We got to talk about other things. Hopefully he doesn't have a cold. You know, hopefully yes. he's going to be able to deliver the mail all night long. So I'm sure he will. I had an early lump of coal in my stocking, and that's what made the sneezing ensue, obviously. Yeah. Um, we have a, a big holiday slate of NFL games, obviously coming up 10 on the schedule today, including a marquee matchup between the Dolphins and Cowboys. Dolphins reportedly optimistic Tyreek Hill will play today. Obviously missed last week's game with the ankle injury he initially suffered against Tennessee. This offensive line, though, still pretty banged up. Dolphins laying two and a half against Dallas at home. Yeah, I mean, and Dallas's offensive line is beat up. We don't know yeah. if Tyron Smith is going to practice either or is going to play. You know, and so this is a this is a little bit of a you got to be careful with the injury report. And the line is telling us that there's money coming in on Miami because it keeps moving towards them. I mean, you know, Dallas keeps getting more and more points. It was one most of the week, and now we're up to two and a half here. Look, I, I think Dallas on grass is always a concern, right? Dallas offensive line on the road, to me, is the bigger concern, is can they handle this? And Vic Fangio's defense, I think, is really good in Miami. I know they didn't play well down the stretch against Tennessee. They had a chance to cover that game, couldn't do it. But for me... I think this game comes down to the Miami defense. Which defense plays well? Everybody's going to focus on which offense plays well. But for me, which defense is the one that can control the game? And I like Miami in that part because I think that Vic's very good at taking away what you do well. And I think this Cowboy offensive line without Tyron Smith, if he doesn't play at left tackle, it is problematic. Now both tackles are a problem. Steele's not a lockdown right tackle either. And so Chubb has played really well. You know, Van Ginkle's played well. They're two inside players. We think Zach Martin's going to play today. Their two inside players are very good, and especially Christian Wilkins in terms of rushing the passer. So the matchup right now in terms of Dallas, it kind of favors Miami. Parsons is going to have to have a huge day. But the ball comes out so quick. It's going to be interesting to see what Dan Quinn has planned for this Miami offense. Yeah, and you mentioned the Cowboys' offensive line on the road, the team in general on the road. They've been so good at home, 7-0. and The margin of victory has been stout. And then when they're on the road, 3-4. and Miami, meanwhile, their lone loss at home was that insane loss to Tennessee that they had the game in their hands up two scores with two minutes or so to play. And obviously that thing fell apart. But uh, this is a prove-it game in my mind. Like, which yeah. one of these guys that could be a pretender, could be a fraud, is actually the real deal. I think this is an important an important game for whoever walks away the winner. Uh, also, Trevor Lawrence cleared concussion protocol. He's expected to keep his perfect start streak against the Bucks. Got back on the field at practice for the first time in a limited capacity Friday. Cleared the protocol, traveled. So good news for them. He will play Zay Jones. Questionable, not expected to play. The Jags went from a three-point dog to now a one-point favorite in this spot. Well, they're a good road team. I mean, they're six and one straight up on the road. They're six and one ATS on the road. They've been eleven and six ATS the last two seasons on the road. Trevor Lawrence is a different quarterback on the road. Uh, for some reason, and I don't know, I can't explain it. He plays better. His yards per attempt on the road are close to eight yards per attempt. At home, they're below seven. So for some reason, he's able to do that. Look, last week Baker Mayfield was very comfortable in the pocket. They didn't rush him inside. They, they were not able to put pressure on him. 
I think with Tyson Campbell back for Jacksonville in the secondary, I think this gives them an advantage. I, I, I can understand why the line moved towards Jacksonville because if Lawrence plays and he doesn't turn this ball over, this secondary for Tampa, I think you can attack them. You know, last week there was opportunities for Jordan Love. He just wasn't very accurate with the football. So, and we know the Bucks have been very inconsistent defensively all season long. You know, I mean, we, I saw Atlanta early in the season. Atlanta goes in there and throws for, has 400 yards of offense against them. I mean, Atlanta, when they played in Atlanta, had 434 yards of offense, right? So they struggle, but on this three-game win streak, they found ways to win games, and you got to give them credit on that. They beat Carolina by barely, barely beat Carolina. They barely beat Tampa. They barely beat Atlanta, and they really dominated Green Bay. So you know they're playing better. They haven't turned the ball over as much in the past. It's going to be interesting to see if, in fact, they can stop the pass of the the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jacksonville without their receivers. To me, become a little easier to stop. Jacksonville's still too soft of a team. They're like the Bengals. Everything relies on the quarterback. There's no real run game. ATN, as good as he is, they can't get him going. I mean, they're 30th in the league in yards per attempt rushing, which is really criminal for as good as ATN is. Yeah, dropped three straight games Jacksonville has. Them, Houston, and Indy all tied at 8-6 and six right now in that AFC South. So important games here down the stretch. Speaking of... Uh, of some of those other teams. The Colts are going to be without their top receiving threat. Michael Pittman ruled out for Indy. He had that tough hit last week from Steelers DB DeMonte KZ that caused him to be suspended for the remainder of the season. He cleared protocol on Friday, but I guess experienced additional issues um, as it pertains to the concussion. So he is going to be out. They will also be without Zach Moss, but Jonathan Taylor is going to be back in that spot. Colts getting two and a half in Atlanta. Yeah, it's it, you know the Colts are really interesting because you know they they played New England overseas, they scored ten points. They played Carolina on the road in Carolina, and I, the score is very deceiving. You have to be careful. It's a twenty-seven thirteen win in the column. Fourteen points came from the 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 Colts defense. They turned it over for pick six, so they didn't score a lot of points there, right? They played Tennessee. They kind of got their offense going, but we know Tennessee isn't very good. They played Cincy on the road, scored 14 points. So, look, I, I think to me this is can Gardner Minshew play well in the Dome, not turn the ball over on the road. We've seen that happen before when he goes on the road in Jacksonville, four turnovers, right? Goes to Cincinnati, two turnovers. Even in Tennessee, he had two turnovers. And, and I, what I worry about here – I know the Colts play better. The Colts' defense has not been well. This is a make-or-break game for Atlanta. I think if Atlanta loses this game, you can count Arthur Smith in the getting-fired column. This is this is one of those we've got to marshal the forces games. I think that's why a lot of this line has moved towards Atlanta because I think people see this is going to be Atlanta's last stand. And Atlanta, you know, they're just such a, a up-and-down team. They have no identity, but they do play well. I mean, the last three weeks defensively, they have played well. They haven't turned the ball. They haven't created turnovers. Now, I know they haven't played against great teams, the Jets, the Bucks, and the Panthers, but they have played good defense. It's they've made too many, they've missed too many opportunities in games to win the game. Yeah, I just 
they're a team that I just struggle to believe in. Like every time I start to think, okay, they have all this talent, they should be able to do X, Y, and Z. It just doesn't live up to the billing. Uh, some other important injuries of note, some of which we learned earlier in the week, but just to confirm, CJ Strout out. He remains in the concussion protocol, although he is progressing. Texans host the Browns getting three, total 40. We mentioned off the top of the show, Trevor Simeon is going to be starting for Zach Wilson today, who still remains in concussion protocol. Ryan Tannehill in place of the injured Will Levis, who's dealing with a left ankle injury. Geno Smith, meanwhile, is back from the groin after missing the last handful of weeks. Some other skill positions to be aware of for anybody trying to work out their fantasy rosters still. Uh, no Brian Robinson for Washington. Hollywood Brown out for Arizona. New England going to be down. Ramondre Stevenson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Hunter Henry against the Chiefs. All of them ruled out. Had about nine guys questionable on their injury report as well. Which of those really stands out to you as most impactful today? Well, I think, you know, New England's, you could see why this line's moving away from New England. Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear. New England's beat up. New England's team, they, Connor McDermott, their starting left tackle, he had to go on IR for a concussion. You know, and you say, well, you know, they got Trent Brown. Well, Trent Brown's always hurt. He's been hurt. He hasn't even been starting. McDermott's been the starter. So, and they lost Cole Strang. The whole left side of their offensive line they've lost. So the offensive line speed up. Hunter Henry is one of their best players. I mean, they, he's the leading receiver on the team. Now they lose him. Jabril Peppers, he's not going to play. Out with a hamstring. He's one of their best safeties. It's going to be a really tough challenge. You know, that's why this line has moved towards them because I don't see how New England's going to, A, move the football, and B, with as least resources that they've had defensively, so to slow down Denver. This is a tough spot for the Patriots. I believe it. Let's dive into that game a little bit deeper. When we come back, we got to hit the break here in a moment. Um, we'll hit that game and then a couple of the other big marquee matchups that are coming up on this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Two top seeds, 11-3 and three teams going head-to-head, -head, a potential Super Bowl preview. Who Michael thinks will get the better of that matchup in a bit? And you better say the right thing, Michael. Don't mess <laughs> this up. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. We're just getting started. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We are rolling along here on this Christmas Eve, talking all things NFL Week 16. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you. Let's continue to dive into this Patriots matchup as they head out to Mile High, take on the Broncos. I think in the last segment I said Chiefs on accident, by the way. Just had my AFC West brain jumbled, apparently. But the Broncos lay in seven and a half at home. Uh, and the Patriots dealing with a number of important injuries. Hunter Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ramondre Stevenson, to name a few. Yeah, and I think this is why the line's moving. It was six pretty much most of the week. And usually on Sundays, we've seen a lot of lines move towards the Patriots a little bit, not understanding why, but they have. And this one has moved clearly to Denver. And when you break it down, it's fairly simple, right? Denver is 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 one and two the last three games. After their, after their five-game win streak, they've lost two and won one. In those losses, they failed to create turnovers. 
their defense is all about turning the ball over. And that's how they're able to play good defensively. They're really good on third down defense, and they turn the ball over. The New England Patriots are very giving. They can't wait to turn the ball over. <laughs> they're one of the worst teams in terms of turnover differential. And when you add, when you layer in their kicker, who's 32nd and making kicks, you know, those count as turnovers too. So it becomes a real problem. And this is the matchup. And now, you know, not that they're the most talented team offensively, but without Hunter Henry, without Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, without all their offensive linemen, not that they're playing well. Again, a problem. Jabril Peppers is one of their best defensive players in the secondary. They're going to lose him. This is a game where... Look, Denver's going to play it. They're going to try to run the ball, play action pass, get the lead, play from in front, and watch New England self-destruct like they have all season. And I think that's why this line. For Denver to be a touchdown and more favored against anybody is a little too much, but I can understand it today. Yeah, I'm with you. The Patriots, a team that certainly, uh, it's been well-documented, their struggles this year, a three-win team, one and, what is that, one and six, their last seven games as well. Uh, let's talk about the biggest game of the weekend coming up, the nightcap on Christmas Day tomorrow, the San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens going head-to-head, -head, the top seeds in each of their respective conferences, 11-win teams. By the way, season win totals, all things that we got to be aware of, either whoever the winner of, this game is will hit the over for their season win total a number of those that we can keep an eye on throughout the course of the day and the weekend but 49ers lay in six points now they have taken some money this number has ticked up total 46 and a half H how do you feel what's this one going to come down to in your mind well I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter right I think one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan he's one in 37 when he's trailing by three or more points going into the fourth He's 0-38, trailing by eight or more points going in the fourth. So if you're the Ravens, you're saying, look, let's just get this, let's be in, let's be close or in the lead in the fourth. And conversely, the Ravens have been in the lead in most every single game this year entering the fourth, and they've given a couple away in the fourth. So if you're John Harbaugh, you're just, hey, we got to stay attached to these guys. We can't let this game get away from us. We've got to be able to stay attached. We can't let them have big plays. We've got to let them make them work the ball down the field. And Lamar in this situation is usually pretty good. You know, he's 15 and 6 in night games, right? He's pretty good at playing. He's won seven straight night games straight up, nine of his last 10 at night. He's very good when he's the dog, right? When he is a dog, he has a, you know, uh, when he's a dog by three points or less as an underdog, he is 20 and six ATS. And, you know, and, and when he's the favorite, we know he's not that good. We, he doesn't cover to the level that we like to see him. This is a game where he's going to have to use his feet, move around. Hargrave, the defensive tackle for the 49ers, expected to play. I don't think Armstead will. I think that affects them. And look, Baltimore's got to be really good running the ball. We saw Arizona run the ball a little bit against them last week. I, I think Baltimore will play this game close. I think San Francisco wins it in the fourth, but I do think this is not going to be a walk in the park for, for San Francisco. I think their number's a little bit higher than it should be, although we're seeing the betting public come hard in on San Francisco, moving this line from five 
two, six. There's even some six and a halfs out there, Stormy. Yeah, I was surprised it opened as large as it did, let alone being continued to be bet up the way that it has. Um, but a lot of belief in the San Francisco 49ers seems Super Bowl favorite, what they've been able to do. We also know the Ravens, one area where they have struggled this year um, in terms of defense, in terms of defense has been those running backs in the past game. And we know Christian McCaffrey better at exploiting that than just about anybody else in the National Football League. You mentioned all those stats about Lamar Jackson. Let's also make sure we throw in 19 and one straight up against the NFC. That number just continues yeah. to, to pile up here. I similarly like San Francisco to win. I think it's going to be a closer game, but you know me, Michael, I might have to get in the teaser game. If I'm betting this one, I might oh. tease the t tease the Ravens up. Well, Unpopular at that number, but you get through the seven and give yourself a little bit of cushion in a game that could be close. You you, you would tease the Ravens up to what? 13 Correct. and a half? Yep. Wow. I, I thought you would tease the Niners half, down. Yeah. No, uh, uh, I just, I feel more comfortable. Like you said, a lot of the reasons that you laid out with this being a potentially closer game, six just uh, with the way that this line has moved, maybe makes me feel a little bit better just to trust myself and give the Ravens more cushion versus saying, okay, we need the 49ers to win this game. I hope they win it. I think that they will win it, but maybe a little bit of a smarter approach in a game that we think could be closer, give, our, give ourselves some extra points there. Um, but I, I want the 49ers to win this game. I want them to stay healthy. I want them to prove that they're a dominant force and can go all the way. Um, I feel like genuinely. I think, they, I think they are. I don't think this game's going to prove anything that's going to. I don't think this game's going to disprove that. I really don't, no matter how. They got to tackle better than they did last week. I mean, to, for, the, for, the, for the Cardinals to gain 236 yards on the ground it, it is against them is not something you would have expected, right? And so usually when this happens to a good team, they rally back. But I, I, my sense of this game is this isn't oh my gosh, one team's bad, the other team's good. I think the speed of the game is something they're both going to have to get used to immediately. I think when you play San Francisco, they're so fast and they tackle so well on defense, you've got to be able to rally to the speed of the game. And I think Baltimore's going to need to adjust to that. And then Baltimore's going to need Ronnie Stanley to play all four quarters. You know, he went out with a concussion last week. He's due to play this week. I think he's cleared the protocol. But if he's not playing or he misses time, I think that becomes a real issue for Lamar. Yeah, and I think this is going to probably have to be a Lamar Jackson-type game. So I'll put that on you. If the Ravens, even if the Ravens lose, but Lamar has a great day, does he end up yeah. leapfrogging Brock Purdy in the MVP market, you think, if he has a great day against the San Francisco D? Well, what do you, I mean, if Purdy plays well, how do we continue to ignore him? Like, we, we act as if Purdy's doing something that everybody should do. It's ridiculous. It's like, this guy's been almost 10 yards per attempt we haven't seen this in forever. You know, he gets it down the field. He makes great throws. You know, I'm sure if he throws a pick tonight where everybody's going to say, see, I told you, Purdy's no good. No, no, <laughs> I'm just telling you, Purdy's really good. And I don't expect Purdy to have a bad game. He's risen to the challenge. He's played well at home. We know this. And so I just think, to me, this is two really good teams. This is Frazier Ali. Right. You know, Frazier won the first fight. Ali might won the second one. It's kind of you're going to figure out how to play one another. And I think this is really a game about figuring out that first quarter, how are we adjusting this game out and how do we see the best opportunity for us to win the game? I think that's going to be the key. This is a coaching game and both staffs are very good. Yeah, San Francisco 
as always, needs to try to get out in front early and just continue to mount that late. Like, that's that's the way that they play successful football is when they have that right. lead from the jump. Brock Purdy, minus 250 favorite in the MVP market. Lamar Jackson, the second shortest shot at plus 425. But like we've talked about so many times, because, Michael, the narrative is the way it is about Brock Purdy, whether we like it or not. And you know I'm the first person that's going to stand on this table and, and pound my chest about what Brock Purdy has been able to do, that he is a system elevator, not a system quarterback to the extent that he's only successful because of what he does. He makes the people around him better. Like, yes, he has talented yeah. weapons, no question, but he helps bring them to another level the way that he operates. And so I'm a huge fan, obviously, it's, of what he does. It's funny for me. Why are we so hard on Purdy? Kurt Warner comes from uh, the, the Des Moines barn burners, right? He wouldn't even throw a pass <laughs> when he was in Green Bay. Ron Wolf signed him as a college free agent out of Northern Iowa. And, and they couldn't even get him to throw a ball. Like, the, like he was just and – he, and he goes and plays arena. And then all of a sudden he comes in and, all, you know, in 2000, Purdy's numbers this year are slightly ahead of where Warner was in, two, in, in 1999. I mean, and yet we, we're okay on Warner. We accept that he was kind of lost and kind of – now he's a Hall of Famer. But we won't give Purdy any credit. Like, I don't understand the, the reasoning or the rationale behind it. I really well, don't. I don't get it. I feel like it's because they're so rare, because it's not supposed to happen that way. And I'm sure Warner, like, and granted, I wasn't, you know, alive in the way of, like, following football at that time. The way that, like, I imagine people were probably doubting Kurt Warner a pretty darn good bit at that time as well. So I think it's just people don't want to be proven wrong when they think they know something about somebody. We'll be right back. We'll keep it moving here on the Lombardi line. Plenty more games to get through. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every NFL or bowl game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. We're always improving our betting splits and recently also added soccer betting splits from around the world. Betting splits, another way VSIN's here to make you a more informed better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for each and every game at vcin.com slash splits. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we continue to work our way through the Week 16 NFL slate. A big game with a lot on the line for the Detroit Lions coming up this morning, early afternoon for those of you guys on the East Coast. Lions laying three on the road in Minnesota. A Lions win would clinch their first division title since 1993 when it was the NFC Central. They have yet to be an NFC North champion ever in the 20-plus years of that division's existence, Michael. How important is this one for Detroit? Detroit. Well, this is, a, you know, this is one of those games where on paper you say, okay, Nick Mullen, not a, you know, Nick, can Nick Mullen beat you? You know, Cincinnati had chances in Cincinnati, couldn't do it. You know, Minnesota plays well on defense, but we got golf. It's not a cold weather game. He's going to be indoors. So, you know, it sets up the way the Lions have played the last couple of weeks offensively. You know, have cut down on, especially last week, cut down on their turnovers, kind of dominated the game. So, but we know these games are always a little bit harder to predict because of the, you know, the commonality between the two teams and the understanding between the two teams. Look, they're going to play each other twice in the next three weeks. So, you know, I, I think to me, you know, this is one of those where Brian Flores is going to heat it up, right? I mean, Brian Flores is going to go after golf, and it's going to be hard to run the ball in the Vikings. Everybody struggles to run the ball in the Vikings but they've got to be able to make plays in a passing game. And if they can create turnovers, which is something that, you know, Detroit has been prone to do late, it's certainly going to help Minnesota's offense. And Minnesota will move the ball. I think Kevin O'Connell will do a good job another week with Nick Mullen. They should have beaten Cincinnati last week. There's no question they kind of gave that one away. But to me, this really comes down to can they heat up Goff? Can they make him play faster? And when you do that, you have an advantage. The, there's a lot of money. I, don't, I haven't looked here since we've been on air here, but there's been a lot of money from the professional people taking it on Minnesota here because that number has come down. It's down to two and a half. It was three most of the week. It's down to two and a half with with juice on the two and a half. Look like it's going to go to two soon, Stormy. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still seeing three at DraftKings, but there's a ton of two and a halves that are out there right now with money coming in on Minnesota. Does that does that surprise you at all? I, I'm The reason that I am surprised by this is just because I, I know there's a lot of hate on Jared Goff, and you mentioned like Brian Flores, the way his defense operates, they're going to be bringing pressure on him all day. But this is still a game that's being played in a dome, and when there's perfect conditions, Jared Goff tends to do pretty well. He does, but when there's perfect conditions and no pressure, right? When there's perfect conditions with no pressure, then, you know, he is, he, he then becomes, uh, you know, great. But if there's pressure, all of a sudden when you speed him up, you know, and he has to react to it in a, in a quicker fashion, the balls tend to be prone. I mean, look, Chicago in Chicago, he turns it over three times. In Green Bay, turned it over three times. Now, you know, that was at home in perfect conditions, and Green Bay forced him into three turnovers. Chicago, in two games against Chicago, seven turnovers this Lions team's had. So, you know, they're 4-2 and two over the last six weeks off the bye, and in the games that they turn it over, 
that's why they lose. They've had six turnovers in the two losses, and this is where they lose it. And for Flores, he's got to figure out how he can protect his secondary and still attack the quarterback. And Brian, I think, has done a really good job of doing that this year. I think his defense has played. I mean, you've got to go back to – I know Cincinnati kind of got to him in the fourth quarter and then the overtime. But for the most part, it's been hard to run the ball on them. And they've been able to be very opportunistic in the red zone. I mean, they're the eighth best red zone team in all of football, Stormy. Yeah, and good job from Luke and our crew, by the way, putting up that that betting splits page that we were just talking about because you see 82% of the bet, 70% of handle on this Detroit team, yet the number has come down. Our, yep. our, our guy Josh Applebaum's That's favorite reverse sign. line movement. No, it's it's exactly. Yep. So tells you tells you how things are going. Uh, another game that we were talking about in the commercial break, Michael, the Seattle Seahawks lay in three in Tennessee, taking on the Titans. Geno Smith is back, but Ryan Tannehill is back as well with Will Levis dealing with an ankle injury. You said you were a little bit surprised that Tennessee wasn't taking more money with Tannehill back under center. Yeah, I mean, the line's kind of frozen at three right now, and I thought that line was really about Levis. Look, I wouldn't play this if Levis was the quarterback. I've seen enough of Levis to, to know that you can't count on him to be consistent from one series to the next or over four quarters. The ball sprays all over the place. This offensive line for the Titans is not very good. Their secondary is not. This is not a good Titans team. But at least with Tannehill, they have an opportunity to kind of get some more consistency within their offense. I'm not saying Tannehill's great, but this Seattle defense isn't great either. You can run the ball on Seattle. And you can make plays on Seattle and de- defensively. You know, I know the Eagles didn't do it. The Eagles did it early in the game and in the third quarter. But after that, they kind of fell apart. But this Seattle team, you can move the ball on the road. You know, it's going to be hard. Now, Seattle's got to win the game up front. But for me, I would have thought the line would have gone below three just because Tannehill gives them some stability. Look, Seattle's the 30th worst third down team in the league. They're 25th in the red zone. You can run the ball on them. I mean, the last three weeks, they've given up over 170 yards rushing per game. So, like, where they can't ever get control of the game. I know they won against Philly. That was great. But on this four-game losing streak, you know, two of the losses were against San Francisco. Teams can run the football on them. And, you know, Dallas, they moved the ball on Dallas as well, but Dallas was up and down the field. Let's talk about that Eagles team you mentioned. They've got a division matchup against the Giants. Got to play them twice over the course of the next couple of weeks. This line has gone from 10 up to 13 and a half. Philly at home hosting Tommy Cutlets himself. And, and so I asked you earlier in the week too, like could, could Tommy DeVito get in the way of all of the no. Eagles goals this season? They, uh, the no. Eagles have stubbed their toe a bit. You don't see it. You can't, can't get there. I, I, look, I don't understand why he's still starting. I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my hands around Because he's earned it, Brian Dable says. He's earned it, Michael. Then we're watching a different, he and I are watching <laughs> different games. He and I are watching different games. I mean, look, here's the reality. Other than Joe Barry, who didn't understand. I mean, New England had him, I mean, New England let him have seven, ten points. And all those ten points, most of them came because New England was so generous in terms of giving the, you know, Mac Jones interception that went down there. They missed about four tackles on the on the catch. I mean, look, they're thirty first and third down. He he he's almost at twenty percent sack percentage. He holds the ball, and when he plays against a good coordinator, someone who understands how to attack the pocket. It's hard, and if you take away Saquon Barkley from running the football, which I expect the Eagles to do, where is he going with the ball? Where is he throwing it? And if you heat him up and make him play fast, you know, every rookie can look good when the game's going kind of slower. 
when you could set your feet, throw the ball here, there. But when the game speeds up on third down and you've got to make really good decisions or you've got to make good decisions in the red zone, right? You've got to put the ball in good spots. You know, he can't do that. And, and Green Bay, for whatever reason, Joe Barry, again, he, but Joe Barry did the next week against, uh, against Baker Mayfield. You've got to be in front of these guys. You've got to rush the passer down the middle of the field where you stay in front of them and don't go past them. Because when you go past them, then the defense is playing with two less men. And that's when DeVito ran for 71 yards against them. I don't think Philly will do that. I think Philly will dominate the game. I think Philly will be able to run the ball. And the matchups do not favor the I mean, the Giants haven't been close to Philly in two years. They really haven't. Yeah. Philly blocks them, and they can make plays on their secondary. It's a tough game for the Giants. I could see why people are playing Philly. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. Do you, you you say that it's going to be a dominant game for the Eagles, despite the, the three straight losses, the struggles that they have had as of late. In terms of the two-touchdown spread that we are around at right now, would you feel comfortable laying it with Philly in this spot at home? I mean, last year they beat them 48-22. to They beat them 38-7 in a playoff game. You know, the only game that was close was the one that the Giants didn't even try in. That was 22-16. Remember, the Giants weren't trying in that game. The Eagles needed to win that game. Hurts played in that game, coming off his injury. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'd have a problem laying the number. I really don't. I think if it goes over 14, I would be worried. Because once it goes bad for the Giants, see, here's the thing. If you get behind, if Tommy DeVito's down 14 to nothing in midway through the second quarter, and he's got to throw it, it's got to be a 40-pass game, it's, he's going to turn the ball over. And then the turnovers are going to relate to more points. I, I don't see how they score third. I know the Eagles are not playing well defensively. I think they'll play better today. I'm not saying it's going to be to solve all their problems, but they'll play better today. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think that, of course, Jalen Hurts, I know that the turnovers have become a little bit of a problem for him. He's got 17 this year, tied for second most in the NFL. After how efficient he was at taking care of the football a season ago, it's been a very different version of Hurts from that standpoint. They're able to take care of the football. I think it's a pretty done deal for Philadelphia. But maybe this is another teaser spot, too. If you don't feel super comfortable laying the big number, <laughs> go on go and bring that teaser. baby down a it's little bit. It's teaser Eve. It's teaser it's Eve. It's underneath oh, every tree. Yeah, who, who needs Christmas Eve? Teaser Eve, baby. That's the way we work it. We're resetting for hour two when we come back on the Lombardi line. Keep it locked right here on DraftKings Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.